What is up, boys and girls? Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. We are looter and rider free in big, big city of Knox City, Texas. What would you do if one walked through that door over there? Depends if he had a gun or not. <laughs> if he had a gun, it'd be yes or no, sir, since I don't have mine on me right now. You don't have one in your bag? Mm-mm. It's in my truck. Well, and he he's between me and my truck. I would dude, probably sacrifice you. Well, that's I'd sacrifice Ollie before I, I sacrifice myself. I think if the guy jumped on me, Ollie would eat his ass up, though. I really do. I would hope so. I would, too, but I don't know what I would do. Now, if I came out here or somebody was trying to burn or loot the shit and I had a gun, I would fucking shoot their ass. Same as everybody else in America would, just about. Shoot at them, at least. No, I would try to. Sh- if I'm going to shoot at somebody, I'm going to try to shoot them. Otherwise, well, I wouldn't I'm do that. I'm not saying that you're not going to try to. Andy, Hitting I, them and shooting at them are two different well, things. Well, with the pistol, I'm not a very good shot. Yeah. If you're the third motherfucker from the guy I'm shooting at, you better duck because I'm ba- that bad. Good chance it's going to be one of you. All right, let's talk about dive bomb a minute. Let's talk about them. The best silhouette on the market, most affordable price. Now they're not just in the in the skinny business. They are in the floater business. They're going to have mallard floaters out at the end of the summer, right in time for waterfowl season. They look pretty good. The widgeon silhouettes look damn good. They got widgeon silhouettes coming out also. So if you're like us hunting those uh, widgeon in the winter wheat field, I would highly recommend uh, you jump on those whenever they launch. Yep. Get Should em. be here pretty quick. Shoot them over the salad shooters. Divebombindustries.com is their website. If you are looking for converting your spread from full bodies, because let's face it, in 2020, you don't need full bodies anymore. They take up too much room. They're clunky. They're a pain in the ass to set out. Skinnies are the way to go. Pack them in the bags. Five dozen per bag. Nice and neat on your trailer. Organized all season long. And you want numbers on your side. Numbers are key. So go to divebombindustries.com. Get everything that you're going to need because we've turned the calendar into June now. Which means we're right in the middle of everything. When we get to July, we've turned a corner. So get everything that you're going to need. Divebombindustries.com. We are also brought to you by the one and only Boss Shot Shells. They're the best shot shells that you can get on the market. Bismuth is back in style. They hit very, very hard. It's very, very violent whenever you hit a bird with bismuth. You only need one. You only need one. Give them your full load, full choke, center center mass. Just crumble them. Guys like me that are good shots over under, two shells, two dead birds. Andy shoots three shells, a lot of times no dead birds. But it ain't because of his ammo. It's because he doesn't hit them. If you can hit them like I can, you, one is all it takes. Boss ammo. I hit them just fine. Our boss shot shells. Bossshotshells.com. Sell them by the case. Ship straight to your door. No middleman. All made in America. Proudly. Proudly made in America, I should say. Bossshotshells.com. And how about them J2 ice rippers? The J2 ice ripper. Listen, if you're in a place where ice, where your favorite honey hole gets iced over, you need a J2 ice ripper. Make you an ice hole. Best bait in the world is water. Open water. Open water. If it's cold up north and you're hunting and you and every year you get froze out and you lose the last month of season, great investment. They're on sale right now, a little over $500 to the door, American-made, Missouri-made J2 ice rippers. It really is. It's a cheap investment. There's no season in letting Mother Nature just wreck your season. Go to J2OutdoorsLLC.com. Get one of these bad boy ice rippers shipped straight to your door. Whenever it ice is over, you throw that bad boy out, be the only game in town with an open ice hole. And if you're field hunting this year, you got to have some lucky ducks. That's the key to the duck hunting in the field. These guys all the time are talking about duck hunting, duck hunting. Man, we're going to hunt in the field, going to hunt in the field. Throw some spinners up. 
You put you put six to ten spinners in a spread, and those ducks are like candy coming to you. That's all you need is some spinners, they're, and that's Lucky Duck. Easy. And if you want the most spacious blind on the market, you go to LuckyDuck.com, get the Lucky Duck 2x4. It is the way to go. It is the cat's meow. And they got an awesome duck box, so check it out at Lucky Duck. And they're now five-star crash test rated with their brand-new door on these dog boxes. So you don't have to worry about throwing Fido in the back of the truck. He's going to be safe and sound. Five-star crash test rating at LuckyDuck.com. You can pretty much go there for whatever you're looking for. Spinners, blinds, dog boxes. In my head, I'm thinking about them crash testing this dog dummy. (laughs) <laughs> like they did the people. I mean, I'm like, what the hell? Do you think there's sensors in that? I, I assume there must be to do that. I just I, when you said that, I started thinking about thinking, what the fuck do they do here? Maybe you they, don't think may, about may, dogs. Maybe they just put a baby in, like a baby dummy in there. You, you just don't think about dogs being in an accident until when you said that. I mean, all the time people flip their trailers. Yeah, fuck when them some bitches be launched off. Whew. And like I've said before, you can say something about someone's wife, but you can't say nothing about their dog. No, so protect your investment there. Go get a Lucky Duck uh, dog kennel. And let's talk about our brother, Logan Pyatt. The Looking Glass Duck Club. He's also got a podcast now, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast. They do a bourbon review on they it every a week. bourbon review on it. Jeff's a big fan of the bourbon review. I'm not a brown water guy. We've noticed. Everybody that listens to podcast realizes that you have Whiskey mil- sours are good, though. You have milky way with your... I wasn't a big fan of your whiskey sires, but that's just me. You didn't like it? Yeah, it's all right. It wasn't great. Well. But you make a damn good tomahawk, so I'll give you that. The guys over at the Looking Glass Duck Club, they're a lot of fun to listen to, so be sure to check them out wherever you listen to this podcast. You can definitely find the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Just type it in. It's right there. They're a lot of fun to listen to. They've also got uh, merch on sale, hoodies, pullovers, coolers, all with the Looking Glass Duck Club Iconic symbol. Old boy. Shotgun with a rifle scope on it. Shooting at ducks out of the sky. Hence the name Looking Glass Duck Club. Good guys over there. Real, real fun to be a part of this podcast with. Uh, we're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. The guys over there make a make an outstanding goose call. Uh, lesser call. The best spec call, in my opinion, that's on the market right now. Guys in the closed group uh, just a couple days ago were wondering what spec call to get. I said, you just go to the guys at Pacific. Tell them we sent you. There's a promo code, BHP25. You go to PacificCustomCalls.com. You use the promo code BHP25. Save yourself 25% off at checkout. It's a great deal. It is a great deal. And if you're in the market for a speckle belly call, it's the easiest pulling spec call I've ever gotten my hands on. They got two or three different Canada Goose calls, one lesser call. They got it going on over there. They got it going on. And like I said, you can save some money. BHP25, PacificCustomCalls.com. Last but not least, no, 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 not last but not least, we're also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas-made wine made in high Texas. Gets you a red next time you throw some steaks on the barbecue. Uh, The Skeleton Key is by far my favorite. You can go to WilliamandChrisWines.com and they'll ship it to you, or you can find it at Central Food. No, Central Market, Whole Foods. Foods. Yes, you did our time. All the high-end grocery stores. All the high-end grocery stores. If they ask if you'd rather have paper or plastic at checkout, good chance you're going to find William and Chris Wines there. Or, like I said, WilliamandChrisWines.com. Get it shipped straight to your door. Last but not least, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Home of the Big Honker Podcast and the Big Honker Lodge. Dove season is up next. We are a mere 90 days away, 90 days and some change. It'll be on us like a bad fart before too much longer. 
hunting season's here, dove season's here. We do have an opening second weekend. Second weekend in September, I've got an opening, and I've got an opening in the fourth weekend of September. Second Ross, second weekend, if I'm not mistaken, will till oh, season be open? Till then? season's open then too. So if you want to shoot, I can do teal dove combo the second weekend in September. So if you want to come to Texas and shoot some teal and some dove, holler at me at 940-658-3172 or stanfieldhunting.com. Appreciate you listening. Join the close. If you're listening to the podcast religiously, join the close page. I've got to answer two questions. Do you listen to it? Yes. What's your favorite episode? 300, whatever. And then you're in the membership. A lot of fun stuff in there. A lot of inf- interesting information. Don't have thin skin, though. Nope. If you got thin skin, it's not a place to join. We appreciate or, everybody listening. Yep. Not a place for liberals. Anyways, thank y'all for listening. God bless y'all, and um, hope everything's great. All right. This episode of the podcast, we are joined by former Minneapolis detective, police officer, Kurt Graff. Uh, Kurt has been at Ground Zero in Minneapolis. Uh, he was there last week during all the riots, worked in security, and uh, we cover it all. We talk about, uh, you know, the events that led to this. Ollie's over there fucking around. Uh, we talk about the events that led to this, the the destruction that's down in Minneapolis. It's an eye opening. Uh, it's an eye opening conversation. So we were happy to have him on, and very glad that he uh, uh, spoke so openly about what's going on there. So anyway, here he is, Kurt Graff. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. On the line with us today, an old friend of mine, Kurt Graff. He's a former uh, Minneapolis police officer, detective. Uh, we're going to get the story on what's going on in, in the, the big Twin City area. Kurt, how are you doing? Good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Man, we look forward to it. So you're not in Minneapolis right now. You're in the um, luscious world of northwest Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm about, uh, as the crow flies, it takes me an hour to get in downtown Minneapolis from my house. But, yeah, we're 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 still Minnesota Viking fans, sadly, but uh, we're living <laughs> in the state of Wisconsin, and we love it. Andy's a big Packer fan. So, oh, then we'll t- we'll talk a little slower then for him. <laughs> <laughs> do you like do you like Kirk Cousins? <laughs> you know what? I, I actually I do. I mean, I, I the problem is in the NFL, as you know, you know, it, it takes a very special person to lead a team. I think that he's got a lot of ability. You know, I don't know if he's the end all get all. We didn't do much last year, but you know, you look at other teams that struggle with, you know, they think they're going to be great players and you just never know what you're going to get. But yeah, I, I like Kurt. See, I'm a, I'm a Redskin fan, grew up Redskin fan and a chief for my two teams. And he would break my heart as a Redskin. He'd let play great. And then when the count, when the chips were on the table, he'd fuck up every time. Yeah, I know. And that's, and that's been his, his calling card. But, you know, we had that miracle in Minneapolis two years ago against the saints. And then, you know, last year we, you know, we win a game against the Saints in the playoffs. So, 
I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens I, with all this other stuff going on. I you know a lot of people aren't even talking about football right now. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it, it is. I think football when training camps opens up, I think uh, you know football could be a great uniter as for a nation. And what sadly it sounds like uh, there's going to be a lot of kneeling this year. So I don't know. They might uh, they might lose a lot of viewers that way. They will if they do that, the kneeling again. That's and that you know what that's hard for me to to look at as well. And it's just like. You know, I, and I understand, you know, crystal clear, everybody has a right to protest, knock yourself out. But you, again, you know, football's a business, and my belief is that if I'm the business owner and I don't want to allow that, you know, I shouldn't have to allow that. Sure. But again, I, it's up to the people that pay for the ticket. Are they still going to do it? I have no idea. I, they'll have a big backlash if they kneel. This And, and now they said every player's going to kneel. Yo, they're going to kneel, there's no doubt, and the NFL ain't got no balls. But I'm if I'm writing a guy a check – for a million, five million, ten million, fifteen, twenty, thirty million dollars a year, I want you to go by those team rules. I don't give a fuck if I'm writing you a check for ten dollars an hour. These are the rules you work for us. You do what you want on your own time. And the NFL knows that, and the owners do. And Jerry Jones has not come out and made a comment. And he he knows business wise, oh, it's bad, bad, but but it's bad business for them. And he knows it. And he, he's catching shit from his players for not standing up for this. He's been silent on all this. But you can't do it. Let's get off football because we talk football time on here. Kurt, what in the hell is going on in Minneapolis, and what are they going to do to fix this? Well, you know, Minneapolis, you know, each Minneapolis, St. Paul, all the ring suburbs, each city has their own department. When I was in Minneapolis, there was like 960 of us sworn officers. And, you know, again, everything, Minnesota, if you look at Minnesota's past history, it's been a pretty liberal state. Not pretty liberal, very liberal. You know, Walter Mondale in the 72 election, but, um, you know, he, he was the only one that he carried the one state. You look at Hubert Humphrey, and then you look at, you know, we had Jesse Ventura, and then you get into Al Franken, and you get into the people that Minnesota's always had a very liberalistic background. Well, police work doesn't matter if you're liberal or if you're conservative. Police work is police work, and sometimes in police work, you have to physically put your hands on somebody that's the the nature of the beast and people always forget that in police work that you have the right to use force you actually have the right to use deadly force if you have to use it the problem is because you use force everything gets under a magnifying glass and and rightfully so you don't want a, a department that's absolutely run amok and out of control but on this incident on on this particular case as an ex-Minneapolis police officer, and believe me, we all communicate, retirees, current, we're still friends. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You look at that instant, that, that guy, and would we all say we would have done things different? Of course. But I don't believe in my heart that he woke up that morning and said, I'm going to go kill a bad guy. You know, and so, you know, horrific things happened. And again, would you have changed anything? Yes. But on the other side, you know, this isn't, and I'm not saying he deserved to be laying face down with someone on his neck. I get that. But look, you got to look a little bit into some ownership of where you are right then. Your system is full of methamphetamine and fentanyl. You have heart disease going on. You've been um, tested. You're positive for the coronavirus. You're in a store trying to cash or turn in some counterfeit bills. So the, the point that the two of them meet isn't optimum for either one of them. You know, and people kind of lend a 
you know, they say, oh, he was murdered. Well, let's take a, you know, did he die under the hands of the police officer? Yeah, that's a true fact, you know. But at the same time, you know, if he would have zigged and maybe not been in the store trying to cash the stuff, would he still be alive? I don't know. I've also had people tell me he probably had enough in his system. He could have been walking down the street and just collapsed and his heart blow up because of the fentanyl and methane. That's a terrible combination. Have so they, that being said, go ahead. Have they have they said that, uh, I mean, the, the cause of death was asphyxiation on one autopsy that I read, and then uh, I guess there had been two autopsies, and, and the other one said that it could have been something with his heart. Right, and, and that's the thing that, that, just like in any homicide or police-related homicide or police-related shooting or whatever, if there is a death, you know, a medical examiner takes the body, they do a autopsy, and they have, you know, they have strict rules how they do it. On this particular case, the family, you know, didn't necessarily trust the initial autopsy, so they went and had their own autopsy, which is their right. I believe it was a doctor from New York, and there's some differences back and forth in the autopsy. But, you know, one of the things that you've learned as a police officer all those years is that when someone is screaming, I can't breathe, and, and what he should be saying is, I almost can't breathe, because if you truly can't breathe, if you absolutely have nothing left, you, you can't talk. Mm-hmm. You can't whisper. I mean, there's no air exchange at all. So, I mean, I would believe that at the point, he was probably getting to the point where he, he couldn't breathe, but when people say he can't breathe, well... You know, it's a technicality, but yet at the same time, it all leads into the the end result. Now, in the, you know, Jeff, when you and I met in 1997 at Game Fair, and we got to hang out and we came down and hunted with you, police work was completely different then. Yes. And, you know, and, and right right and wrong, there's there's been some wonderful changes, but there's also been some wonderful challenges. And the challenges is that any call you go on, as we all know, we all have phones in our pocket. Everything is on video, every single thing you do. As a matter of fact, you should see, on even on emergency calls or domestics or anything, you walk into a house and three phones are filming everything you do, mm-hmm. which is fine. But that being said, then you have to learn how to be a different type of police officer than you were 25 years ago. You know, again, if I'm in the middle of that scene and I'm looking and I see four, five, six guys filming me, you know what, I might do something different. I might say, you know what, let's not do it here. Let's drive in the hospital ourselves. Let's go, you know, create, you know, go something else. But, you know, that's that's what you have to learn to adapt to. And some guys, you know, this guy's been on 19 years. You know, I get a little frustrated that, you know, the police department is not military, but we are paramilitary. And you had three officers, and I've heard you know numerous things. And of course, you don't believe anything you read. But I said I was a, a bunch of white supremacists. Well, you did have a Caucasian male that was kneeling on him, and that everybody saw that. But you had an Asian male officer, you had a Muslim male officer, and you had a Hispanic officer. The three of those, I don't think you can use under the word white supremacist. <laughs> no, you know you, you can you can say it's the, the blue whatever you want to call it. But I mean, you truly have a swash of the residents that you work in Minneapolis, that's what Minneapolis is trying to do. They're trying to diversify, bring more people in and different things like that. One of the guys been on four days wow. in Minneapolis, just like every other department, you get hired in December, you go through all your training, and then you go through what they call an FTO program. Some people call it a shadowing program. But at the end of your training, Minneapolis did what they call a 10 day and a 10 day you wrote as a patrol officer, 
your observer rode plain clothes, and for 10 consecutive shifts, he watched everything you did, and if it worked out, you became a police officer. You were on your own. You're still on probation, but you're on your own. This poor guy had been on four days by himself. You know, And what people don't realize is that when the most senior officer there is doing something, you know, a lot of times if you're brand new, you just keep your mouth shut. You're trying to do everything that's right. There's so many things coming at you. But you're probably not going to go tackle the guys they get off. No. It doesn't work that way. No, not at right. all. And it just and so, sadly, had there been other officers that were 21, 23, 25 years, they might have said, knock it off. Let's go do this a different way. But so it, it was the perfect storm, so to speak. But now you charge these other three with second-degree murder for aiding and abetting. And if you look at the state statute, aiding and a lot of it says that you should know or should have known that this is going to cause murder to their death to this guy. I'm going to argue, no, it didn't because you're four days on. You don't even know how to tie your boots probably. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 so it's horrific for everybody involved. I mean, it, it's true. It's horrific for the family. It's horrific for the cops, the cops wives. I mean, it's turmoil for everybody, for the department. And then of course, everybody around the world is watching this stuff. Do you think but, that we'll see uh, a, like a dash cam video or all the cops wear cameras now? Do you think that we'll see any of that? Because I, I, I spoke to a, a, a law enforcement friend that I have, and he says the only thing that I can think of is that this turned personal somewhere. He said there's no reason, no cop of that of that many years of experience does that for that long. He said somewhere in between the time they got him cuffed on the way to the car, it got personal somehow. Somehow. Do you think that we'll right. ever well, see any had, of those? You think we'll worked, see any well, of those videos? Had, well, here's what the, here's what we don't understand. In any almost any other officer-involved shooting, the media is always screaming for. Let me see the where's the camera? Where's the camera? I want to see the footage. I want to see the footage. And the police department is always usually saying, um, you know what? This is a criminal investigation. We can't release all our evidence. Blah blah blah. This is the first time I've ever seen it the other way where they haven't released it and no one's calling for it. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a second, what, what are we missing here? There's so there's, you know, there's a million options. One of the options could be, is there something so detrimental to the other side that they don't want to say, you know, look at you, you didn't realize this. He was doing X, Y, Z. I, I don't, I don't know, but I find it extremely strange as do most other, my friends and acquaintances going, something's wrong. And when we see it, are you going to see a completely different story? Probably not, but you're going to see something on there that we hadn't thought about. And I'm guessing someone's withholding that because they don't want to either fan a flame or start a new avenue of, you know, discussion. So it, I'm sure attorneys have seen it, you know, that have these guys sitting in the, in the jails right now, but I don't know. And that's a big mystery to me. What about the, uh, the not, not just that incident, but, when all the the Antifa people, how long did it take them to get to Minneapolis? You know, you hear in all kinds of stories now what's happening, but what happened was in Minneapolis. What our belief was, what my belief was, you had a mayor and a governor who, and even the chief of police in Minneapolis, who is actually a very nice guy. And believe it or not, we were rookies together, and so I went through the school with him, and he was funny, and he was articulate, and sharp guy. But when the incident happened, you had, so you have the chief of police, you have the mayor, and then eventually the governor. It was a struggle for them to um, hold people accountable. And so they were so appalled by the video 
and then they instantly you heard the word murder. He murdered him. It was, it was it instantly became a white black issue. And the mayor of Minneapolis actually said it was a white police officer murdered a innocent black man. You could have just said a, a police officer, you know, murdered a innocent man. You didn't have to throw the the race words in there. My belief is, well, <clears throat> guess what? That was the gasoline that was you know thrown on everything. And here's the match. Here you go. And then all of a sudden, you know. A, initially this thing starts roaring well then all of a sudden you know 12 hours later 16 hours later 18 hours antifa starts showing up or antifa like people start showing up and then it's like holy cow and then this thing is bigger than anybody ever thought it would be you know uh, the response from the the mayor is we watched the third precinct burn to the ground or get burned out there's still a show there but we watched the precinct that we all came and went from and, and it just made us sick to our stomach I mean, that's everything, you know, your whole life. I knew guys that were, had been in that precinct for 30 years, 25 years, 28 years, worked out of there. And when the mayor called and the mayor said he did it, he said, let him have it. So he backed everybody out and they let him go in and burn it to the ground, you know, destroy it. You know, everybody was shaking his head. Well, now the looting has started. Now, you know, 250 businesses in Minneapolis. And, it, and sadly, it's where 99.9% .9 of the people in the neighborhood, they're good people. This is where they get their drugs at the pharmacy or their clothing or their food or their restaurants. And it's all gone. Everything's gone. And again, all of a sudden talking to the, you know, some of the people that are on the front line, they look and there's a pallet of bricks yeah. or a bucket of rocks. And it, you know, so it was extremely, and think about social media now, you know, in the, in the, you always hear about the riots in the sixties and whatever in the United States. Well, a group of people, they had no way of communicating. Now everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a website. Everybody's getting direction. So you can actually control a mob just for some tweets or some, you know, messages. And then everybody in their pocket had a, a phone number. If you're arrested, call this number. If you need bail money, call this number. So this isn't just a bunch of local people that were so angry. They, you know, they wanted retaliation. This was, you know, and then as it continued to go, I mean, you talk to everybody. There was license plates from every state. They were just in mass. And if, if you think about it, if you lived in, even if you live in Texas, and you hear we're having a riot, and you like, hey, that'll be a blast. You can't wait to go up 35W North. <laughs> 14 and a half hours, you're right in Minneapolis, and you're right in the heart of it. You know? So it, it just became, it was insane. And then, you know, they called the National Guard in, and the National Guard even stated for the first time in their life, they had no idea what their, they showed up, but no one told them what to do. And there was a big backlog of 12 or 14 hours. But people, no matter what profession or what world, in, if you're not held accountable and you're allowed to be not held accountable, you're going to continue to do things until you are held accountable. That's just the way it works. What was the and mayor's thinking in, in saying, uh, let him have, let him have the Well, his the thinking was that the, um, his some of his quotes, and I don't have them written down exactly, but it's that the um, African American had been oppressed as a as a group for four hundred years. The anger is building. This may alleviate some of the anger, some of the release, if we allow him to do this. And and he, you know, rightfully so. That's what he said. Rightfully so. They have this, you know. In, in retrospect, I, I believe a strong mayor would have said, "This is a horrific event. We're going to get to the bottom of this. That this is not allowed, not accepted." But first guy that throws a brick through the target store to go in and get his air fryer and two packages of huggies 
I'm not saying that it's no longer about Mr. Floyd. I mean, I, I believe Minneapolis had an incredible opportunity to shine as a city and say, look, this is wrong. We're going to deal with these officers. We're going to deal with all of it. But let's be the bigger person. You know, if you want to protest, knock yourself out. But when it turned into a free-for-all, and then everything got lost, and, and of course now look at how many other cities are toppling statues or doing whatever they're doing, rioting. I think I just read this morning, since Mr. Floyd passed away, there's seven police officers that have died in the line of duty in the United States, you know, trying to suppress riots or in the rioting situation. So, you know, come on, folks. See, from... So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just... From the outside, is just a regular civilian. I don't understand why we have let the looting go on. I just do not... And, and, and I'm sure that... 50% of the people in America are the same as me. I don't understand how looting is justified for what happened. I mean, if one of my kids get killed, I don't think going down and stealing a brand new, if a flat screen TV is going to make things better. And I think no, it's just and, an and excuse I, to act I, like an asshole. Well, right. And, and that's it, Jeff. And that's the problem is that, you know, until people, just like you said, until people, and I mean all walks of life, until people get sick of it, this, and, and now this stuff is being allowed to you know, progress until people get sick of it and say, we've had enough, then it, then it will stop. But again, when you, um, you know, of all the media and all the phones and all the different people rioting, you had people from all walks of life rioting, but to stop it, sometimes you would probably have to tackle somebody, put your hands on them, handcuff them, get them out of the area. If society can't handle that, because it's a racist blue officer versus, you know, a green person. If you can't handle that, it's not going to ever stop. What's going to have to happen is someday is like, look, if you do something like that, it's not acceptable. There's consequences, and you're going to get taken out of the area, handcuffed, and moved on. But right now, society, nope, nope, we'd rather, well, you see, look at the, they want to defund the police department. I, in my wildest imagination, I can't imagine. And it's not just Minneapolis. I see Seattle's trying to do it in some parts of California. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're just trying to figure out, as a police department, if, if you call 911 because there's a domestic assault in your house, and first of all, if you don't have a police department or if you have a social worker or whatever you have, is that really going to fix your problem? Are you kidding me? It, it, it's. I never heard anything of it. I never, my wildest imagination, knowing that people would actually be Sitting at a table talking about, yeah, we want to defund them, it's and we're just going to just not just people, not just like you know, just not just some disgruntled, you know, group of people, but like high-ranking officials in the American government are calling for defunding the police. Like it's one thing if you're frustrated, like as a citizen, to say something out of like you know anger, but to be a mayor or to be a, a congressman or woman to say, yeah, we need to defund the police. Like, these are the people that are leading our country. And for them to be so ignorant to say something as atrocious as, hey, let's defund the police, that's what's really scary. Well, it, right, exactly. And the problem is, no one knows. Everything is based on theory if there's not a police department. The theory, the theory, the theory. Yeah. We're all from ex-cops and friends going, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. And what, what a huge social experiment mistake. I mean, how many people are going to have to get hurt? or killed, or you know, burglarized, or robbed, before we go, wow, this isn't really a bad experiment. I mean, that's the thing. And, and if you're a career bad guy, 
And Minneapolis says, you know what, we're going to just tone the police department way down. We're going to have social workers and that. If I live in Chicago, I'm going, eh, you know what, I'm going to go move to Minneapolis. Because if that's what you like to do as a, in your career, why would you want to go someplace where there is no accountability? And you can do whatever you want. That's, you know, holy cow. Will, holy cow. You know, if you look at uh, Mogadish or whatever, Mogadish, however you say that place in Somalia, that's what Minneapolis right. is going to look like in two years if you take all the cops out of it. They're going to burn Boy, the son of a bitch well, down. Right. There's going to be spots, if that truly happens, you, you're exactly right. If There will be hot spots in the city that you probably don't want to travel to. And the problem is, like we said, there are, you know, I think Minneapolis is about 350,000 people. I might be wrong a little bit, but how many are good taxpayers? How many corporations come out of Minnesota? You got 3M, you got Target, you have, you know, and then you have the Vikings and you have the Twins and you have the Timberwolves. And there's so much, you know, money in the Minneapolis area that these corporations have to look at, wait a second. You know, I, I filled in last week and I got to work uh, downtown Minneapolis just helping do some security for the buildings because there's no other cops to do it. And you drive down there and I've never was a um, full active military. You know, I've seen pictures of Beirut or Afghanistan or Beirut, I mean, but you drive downtown Minneapolis and everything's boarded. You're going, are you kidding me? And then you get onto Lake Street or you get in the Northeast and boarded, boarded, then burned out, burned. It's like, this is you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's just unbelievable, and oh, it's it's terrible. And the officers, I mean, frankly, you know, you hear rumors that you know, in the last couple of weeks, the Minneapolis has lost sixty officers to retirement or early retirement. But you imagine a job as a police officer, and I talked about this with my son for the next twenty five years, where no one wants you, no one wants you to be there. You're on film, everything you do, and every single thing you're going to do. Is going to get reviewed, double reviewed, and it's like, wow, holy cow! You, you know, I don't know. Fifty percent of people are more love the cops. I'm going to say seventy percent of the people love the cops, and I think that the Democratic Party is behind a lot of this shit. I don't think they wanted to squash it. I think they wanted to entice this to keep this going because they think it's a way of of trying to get Trump out of office. But I think it's backfiring on them because that moderate. Like Minneapolis or Minnesota is a blue state, but it was only eighteen thousand votes from being a Trump state last time, and I think he right. wins. I think he wins Minnesota now, but I think a lot of those people that are moderates that are they're Democrats over there are like fuck this, this ain't working. You know, we don't right this shit. You can't we can't have helter skelter running, and the rich people are going to have law enforcement. You go to Mexico City right now, it's the most dangerous city in the world, or one of them. The wealthy people all have bodyguards, right? And they have right. they lived in gated communities. They're not going to be affected, but the slums and the and the bad areas are bad. I mean, it's as bad. in in France, they have gun free zones mm-hmm. where blocks and blocks of gun. The cops won't go in there because the Muslims have taken it over, and they they do whatever they want to. And that's what many because Minneapolis right. has a huge Muslim population, correct? Yeah, it's actually the largest in, largest in the United States, and. Um, and it's, you know, it started, and then, uh, so Minnesota is number one in the United States for the Muslim population. I don't, I can't give you the exact number. I've heard numbers between thirty and 50,000, but I'm sure someone out there will say he's right or wrong. But, um, you know, and, and that's that's the situation, is that, you know, and then if you're a Muslim, I mean, some of the Muslims I've met are, are wonderful, hardworking people, but then again, you get the ones that, you know, they found out that they were recruiting 
you know, for terror organizations right in Minneapolis. They were body snatched some of these young guys. The next thing they know, there was one, there was a video that he was fighting, I don't know if it was Mogadishu or wherever it was, but he was wearing like a, a Patrick Henry sweatshirt from one of the high schools <laughs> in Minneapolis. Wow. And he's on the line and we're going, wow. Wow. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's so many challenges. It's, it's so many, um, like I said, the pendulum always swings. We believe now it's swung so far left. Can it go much further left? Geez, I hope not. <laughs> Will it come back to, to the center? We hope so. But the big push now, and now you hear the chant, defund the police, defund the police. Come on, you guys. I mean, if you, during the night of the riot, the three riots in Minneapolis, I had one of my very best friends lost his jewelry store. They burned it. They torched it. They took everything he had. And they, they were trying to call 911, and no one answered Wow. And I'm trying to tell people, you imagine that in your most pivotal point in your life, whether it's a home invasion or it's someone that needs, you know, had a heart attack in your house, you call 911 and no one answers. That's the mo- that's you know, the scariest you- thing I've heard so far. It is. It, absolutely. And that's, you know, they always talk about the thin blue line. Well, there you go. It is a thin blue line. It isn't much protecting us versus them, but there is a protection. And there is that peace knowing in this country when you call 911, someone's going to respond. Well, we and have a, you, we have a little bit of that out here just because we're in such a small community. You know, we don't have the officer, we don't have the police department like up there. So, um, about a month ago, we had to call nine one one in the middle of the night. And I tell you what, uh, when the when the operator said that somebody would be there in just a minute, I was relieved because there's been times here where we don't have a night patrolman, and and you know matters right. you got to take matters into your own hands. But when that 911 right. operator said, okay, somebody's in your area and they'll be there in just a second, I can't tell you. It was like a weight being lifted off of my shoulder. There was a 78-year-old woman looking through your window. Yeah, but but still, yeah. you, you still want – I don't want to have to handle it. And like, right. and no, well, and that, no I, I'm, I'm saying I don't is. want things to escalate no, to I where understand. I have to get into a bad situation of, of doing something. Because, listen, I'm trained. <laughs> I'm trained. <laughs> And I'll do the chokehold on that bitch. I don't care. Cop might not be able to right. do the chokehold, but private citizen Andy can. We we take for granted living in a small town. I'm giving Andy shit because this old lady was looking through his window. But we take we we are so blessed out here that not only if they call somebody if they need help, if they call if they're on the radio, there's going to be seven people with guns that are in town that would be there to help if you needed help. Like, if we got sure, an officer sure. down, there might not be another police officer for 10 or 15 miles, but it ain't going to take five right. minutes, and we got 30 volunteer firemen. Somebody's going to be there to help somebody. And right. people people intervene here. And that's what wears me out, I guess, is I have the mindset still of living in small-town Texas where if you see some shit going down and the police officer needs help, you stop and help them. You don't film it. You right. stop and help. And in the big cities, right. people just want to film, and they don't get involved, and it wears me out. And I just I feel so sorry when you talk about your buddy had that jewelry store. That's just a hard deal because it, it, as a business owner, you want to sit with a gun and just shoot every son of a bitch comes through your door trying to steal from you. And and and, and what's going to happen when, when that happens? Are they going to persecute the store owner? Because it's going to happen eventually if this keep, this shit keeps up. Well, right. It, the problem is that's what everybody's asking is what's the end game here? You know, I mean. It, you know, I tell people, too, look, we all cut from the same human cloth. And I don't care what, give me any profession. I can tell you there's bad cops, but I've seen bad attorneys. I've seen bad teachers. Mm-hmm. I've seen doctors, massage therapists. You can do anything you want to do. 
there's because they're humans, and some humans wake up to do bad things, while others don't. But the problem is, you can't, as you know already, you can't say all cops are bad. You, right. you can say there are some that are bad. There are, but that's like saying any group of people are bad. They're not. There's, but there are certain. But anytime we lump all, and that's the that's the thing that we're all getting. You're just getting creamed. You're getting sworn at. You're getting flipped off. Your people in your face. It's like, wait a second. All I'm trying to do is do a job. I'm trying to protect you. I used to tell people, that, look, you understand one thing. I'm in your house because guess what? You called me. Right. Okay. I don't care what race you are. I didn't want it. This is a call. You no longer could handle the situation in your home. You had to reach down and call my one because something's happening. So we're here, not because I want to be here. Right. I'd rather be someplace else, but this is how it, it showed up. So don't call me a racist. Don't call me, you know, a prick because you're a cop. No, I'm trying to just solve your immediate problem. If someone's going to try to get hurt, I'm going to try to stop it. And, you know, the old adage is, and firemen do the same thing, but when bullets were shot, guess what? We ran to it. You run to it, and that's what the whole thing is. That, And you're in a neighborhood that you probably never lived at. You don't know anybody there but yet you're putting your life on the line to try to help the victims out there. And yeah. that gets lost in all this translation of, oh, he's a terrible cop, Let's, they all suck. Well, no, they don't. I saw more bravery. I saw more compassion, more heartfelt empathy on total strangers. I was just amazed every time I worked a shift in Minneapolis. You saw incredibly good things. And no one would ever tell you that. No one ever saw that. That's why they tell you. Know, of course, those... Go ahead. That's why they're taking live PD off there, because it shows well, the they human. Why they canceled cops too? Right. Yep. Thirty-three right. years they canceled cops. Live PD right. is 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 the the number one show on cable. Nobody takes the number one show off their show uh, off the deal, but it's because right. it showed the human side of police officers. It shows the guy at a, at a call. They just. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, the last time it was on, there's a, a black officer in South Carolina pulled over some kids and went to college, and he wrote them up some tickets. It's like $800 worth of tickets. He told the guy, he said, tell you what I'll do. He said, I'm going to hold this ticket until the end of the next semester is over. If you make the dean's list next semester, you bring it up to me. He said, you know where, where my office is, and I'll drop them tickets for you. I'll dismiss them if you'll make the dean's list. You know, they don't wow. want to show that side of that because no, they want to no, make him as a bad guy. And it shows them going in houses and all the and it showed the criminals as criminals. That's who they are. Not all criminals are just bad, bad, bad people, but they deal with bad people all the time. And it showed that. Well, that's not the narrative they want to show right now. So they just jerked it off TV, which I just it just blows my mind that they would do that to themselves. You know, there's no telling how many you what millions they'll lose on that deal. My son, Andy, that I brought hunting with you, you know, that many years ago, and he's now a police officer in a suburb of Minneapolis, but he did 10 years in the Navy, and he hooked up with a group in Minnesota, and it's a 501c nonprofit, and it's called Hometown Heroes. And it's truly, it's about vets um, and retired cops, active duty cops, active duty military. And last year in this, I think they're in like five or six states, but they're headquartered in Minnesota. They took 790 different cops, vets, and everybody out hunting, fishing, everything you can imagine. And that's been such a relief because you see these guys that a lot of guys, as you know, you know, we all have access to hunt and fish. Some of these guys don't have it. And it's so nice to take, you know, a 65-year-old guy who's living in a little house and did, worked in the Vietnam War, was in Vietnam, take him out fishing for a day. Or a cop who's been on the line, doesn't have the walleye boat, let's get him fishing, or let's get him in a goose blind. 
you know, where I live, I got some opportunities. We've done some hunts with some groups and let some of these veterans just shoot some birds. But if you don't do that kind of stuff, I mean, especially the guys are on the front line or some of the vets that gave everything for us, man, what's left? I mean, no one takes care of these people. And I'm telling you, it's been so cool to kind of give back. And these young cops that are doing these organizations, it's amazing the different people that we've had ice fishing tournaments and golf tournaments, and it's just fun to see. And then guess what? These people get to talk the talk with people they probably don't ever want to talk to because they're at home. They don't want to say anything. Right. And that's been a, a breath of fresh air. And I tell you what, it's, and it's, they do different types of wounded warriors. I've seen all that, but it's fun to be able to give something back to these guys because nowadays no one cares about cops, firefighters, or any of that stuff. It's just sad. It really is sad because they, they're such a, I mean, they, they really, these first responders keep order in our society and that's a very, very tough thing to do. Um, were you, were you surprised? So you got called in, uh, during all the riots. Were you surprised at the level of destruction that you saw? When well, I, you rolled you, in? I, 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 I mean, I was, you know, you, you know how it is when you, when you see something on TV, we all see something on TV. Okay. Right. But when you're driving your car and you're looking around where you used to work and you're going, okay, that building's gone, that's gone, that burned up, that's crashed in, there's nothing left there, the precinct's a shell, and you're driving down Lake Street, and then then you're two, three, four blocks, and everything is still boarded up, windows broken out, graffiti everywhere, everywhere. And it was all, 90% of it was anti-police graffiti. Hmm. And it's like, oh, my God. I, I, I never dreamt in my wildest imagination that you would see stuff like that. I just... You know, and I, I think personally, you know, the next situation that's similar to this, it will happen again, and it will happen again. And I until, like Jeff said, the good people, everybody's so sick of this. Like, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to allow my community to burn to the ground. I don't know what I'm going to have to use to bring more force in to stop it. And if you want to protest, protest it. I get it. Go ahead. Peaceful protests, you know, I, I get a little worried when I see these guys blocking freeways yeah. because, you know, it's just like, holy cow, you understand these cars are coming at you at 90 <laughs> miles an hour. It's probably not the best idea, but the second that rock is thrown or something gets burned up, well, then I think everything, especially on the protesters, well, then all their protests are lost. Then what is this? Is this truly you just want a free pair of shoes from the footlocker? I mean, is that what you want? I mean, does that make your heart feel better? I don't think so. Well, I just think the opportunity. And that's why I was asking, too, because we've all seen the pictures on, you know, social media and on the news. And I would just t- having your firsthand account of things are way worse than whatever you see on Facebook or Fox News or anything like that. It's 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 way worse downtown. The, the destruction and the graffiti everywhere. It's way worse than anything that you can imagine. Uh, oh, you, off you the can. pictures of Facebook. I would have said three weeks ago, no way. It could never, that would never happen in Minneapolis. And that's how wrong I was. You know, I mean, again, you, you had a catalytic event. To me, it seemed like, you know, and I've heard rumors about that too, the event, as horrific as it was, like there was almost a playbook. Okay, when this happens in whatever city, here's what we're going to do. Because stuff was so organized and so ready to go that we all were looking around like, oh my gosh, maybe this was a blueprint and it just didn't matter if it was in Minneapolis or if it was in you know Los Angeles or if it was in Richmond, Virginia. Holy cow. Because uh, it was too well <laughs> too well rehearsed, too well planned. 
that it wasn't just a coincidence. Yeah, they're, well, they're, the pallets of bricks are what yeah. make it seem, <clears throat> you know, there was there's pallets of bricks showing up in places where there's no construction, or like you said, oh, no, we buckets know. of rocks, and that it's right. it's creepy, it's crazy. George Soros paid for yeah. this, is what happened. What do you think's going on in Seattle? What, what, what's the end game in Seattle? They've got six blocks blocked off, and it's called. Now, did the mayor just say? We're done with the. What happened? Another, what led up to that? Another pussy ass mayor. But he said, "We're pulling everybody out, and the, this is theirs to have." They've given this precinct to him, and now I just read on Fox News that now they're going to let them have the West precinct also. And these yeah, people are just going to keep taking and taking. I but did. I did. We live. In I the, did see something funny that uh, first thing that they did once they got those six blocks was uh, put up barriers. Yeah, barriers. They put up barriers, <laughs> and they have armed guards. And uh, th- this is the one thing that gets me, and 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 it. If you're if you're a liberal and you listen to this, which there can't be very many of them left, we have tons of listeners, but you're a fucking spineless pussy if you keep up putting up with this shit. In Seattle, one of the demands is is that they can no longer evict someone. So basically, if you own an apartment complex or a house and you rent it, they can tell you to go fuck off, and there's nothing you can do. And they want that written into law. What 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 has happened to America where we let? A group of people take over six blocks. If this was a bunch of rednecks with Confederate flags and they did it in Fort Worth or Dallas or somewhere, they would call in the ATF, the SWAT team, the National Guard, and they would just they'd knock it out real fast. Right. I mean, and, Ruby like, Ridge. Yeah, I mean, well, everywhere we've right, been. Right, exactly. Well, the, the silent majority of the good people, the taxpayers, the hardworking people in the United States, the, the silent majority, cause they are silent for this kind of stuff. When they've had enough... You know, then there's going to be changes, and then the pendulum's going to swing back. But I don't know what that boiling point is, and then maybe it's going to be in specific spots. But again, if I just think, I think if I'm a taxpayer in South Minneapolis and I live on Lake Calhoun or Lake, and I live on a beautiful home, it's 1.5 million. Are you thinking that I'm scared out of my mind? They're going to say no police department. Yes, I mean, there are good people at every one of these, right? And so at some point. These good people have to, because they got a huge voice, but no one hears it right now because no one, you know, because why? Because most of them are working hard. They're out, you know, they don't have time. They don't have time to go spend three days. Per, I get all that. But at some point, that huge mass of people, the good people, if you will, and it's all, it's not, I don't mean a singular race. I mean just good people with a broad brush because they're every race. They're going to say, we've had enough. And whether it's, you know, when the king and, and this is the villagers finally going to rise up against the king, but they're going to push back and just say, bullshit, here's what it's going to be like. You're not going to own every one of our cities. You're not going to burn everything down. You know, if I'm a taxpayer, you know, what's my land value going to do? What's my home value going to do in the last three weeks in Minneapolis? Yeah. I mean, Minneapolis has got some beautiful um, condos, high rises overlooking the Mississippi River, gorgeous. I'd be scared to death right now because would you go buy one tomorrow? I wouldn't. No, hell no. Just the rattling of the cage and we're going to get rid of the police department. It's like, nah, no thanks. I, no thanks. I think you're going to see a huge growth in areas 40 miles away from Minneapolis in the small town. Oh, without a doubt. You're <clears throat> absolutely right. And the coronavirus also added to all of that, too, in that, you know, here we sit out in the country or wherever we sit in the less populated areas, you know, in my particular county where I live, we had almost no cases. You know, and I understand there's spots that, and people don't always have the, you know, a choice or ability to live like you and I do, but at the same time, people are starting to look, hey, I don't want to live, you know, in an area that I might have not a police department and probably it can be less people and I'll be safer when the 
next wave of virus or whatever they want to call it comes through. You know, it, I don't know. I just think that right now we are on a very, very interesting edge, and it could truly fracture that you never would have the United States anymore. You might just have the States of America, and you'll have this this group has this portion, this group has this portion. Because it's coming. I mean, oh. until, like I said. Every great empire falls, and what, what scares me is the ability for the silent majority to stand up. I don't think they got the balls to do it. We have so many people in this world that have have been raised without any kind of uh, I don't I, I don't even know the word I'm looking for at home where where you learn to stand up for yourself. You know, we quit keeping school right. little, we quit doing this, and we right. just we just give give give, and we keep giving in, and oh, we'll just give this and give that. And I'm all for equal justice. I'm all for everyone having equal rights. But what we're what we're going dealing with now is not equal rights. We're dealing with we're going to have to start giving back, and, and and the next big conversation is going to be reparations. We got all black people should get a check because they're black. <laughs> and that shit's coming down the road next. And oh, I know it is. And these Muslim groups, like in Minneapolis, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how y'all put up with that shit. That goofy ass bitch y'all got, Ilya and Lamar, Omar, whatever her name is. That stuff. She's yeah, so she, she's, she's anti dandy, she? anti American, and and people just put up with it. I don't, I just I can't well, believe that the. Older, established Democrat that lives in Minneapolis is okay with the way things are right now. I just have the a hard time is, believing that. Jeff, people don't vote. You know, on, a, in a, on the most crucial votes in the world, you find out that the eligible voters, 15% voted her in, yes. 18%, 20%. So 80% of the people that didn't vote could have whoever they wanted. I mean, granted, it's getting harder and harder, you know, to get people out because they get scared. But, you know, that's the amazing group these these groups of severe like some of the muslim groups that are radical well they can get 30,000 votes you know 20,000 votes 50 real quick and all of a sudden they got someone elected i mean you're seeing it you know in school boards you're seeing it on city councils you're seeing it everywhere that you know because people don't want to vote you know oh my vote doesn't matter well all of a sudden yeah it does matter and that's that's your there's your key there's your powers. Get these people out and vote for the people that actually represent you. Yes. That's what's crazy is that, that people don't vote. I mean, people don't vote. In the 2016 election, I just looked it up, 140 million people voted. We live in a country of 350 million. Now, I get that some of them are... Probably 250 eligible voters, though, at least. But, I mean, the right. biggest the, the well, biggest voter exactly in 2016 right. was the non-voter, the guy that just stayed at home. Correct. Yeah, you can't... You're exactly right. You, you, we, we are letting... Um, we're, we're, we're letting our freedoms be used against us, the freedom to vote. So these people come from these other countries, and they do it like the Muslims and these radicals. They all go vote. Some of them vote two and three times probably, but they vote, and they marry their brothers, and they make them citizens and all kinds of bullshit. But Allegedly. No, I think that's pretty documented. But anyways, <laughs> but that kind of shit just resonates, and the, the the regular person's like, yeah, my vote don't count. Well, your vote does count. You need to go vote. Bernie Sanders is not the DNC because those young people don't vote. Right. If those young people would have went and voted, he would have won the, the – because he gets more support than oh. anybody. But them dumb little fuckers can't <laughs> find their way out of the damn basement to go vote. Right, right, right. right. And this Antifa stuff is really bad. Um, the city of Seattle – I feel sorry for people. We've got a girl from Knox City that's lived. They live in Seattle, and I wrote a deal on Facebook, which I rant and rave on my Facebook anyways. And she she wrote on there. She goes, "We are scared to death." And her husband's in the military there, 
And then we have a niece that lives in Seattle, and my son Payne is going to be stationed in Seattle. We don't know when now. He was supposed to be there in three weeks. Me and Michelle were supposed to be there in three weeks. I don't know if we'll ever go to Seattle. Who knows what's going to go on, but they're just going to keep giving part of that city back until finally some guys get some balls. Well, what's crazy with this is uh, I was I was talking to another friend of mine that, that kind of knows some about some of this stuff. Is uh, So you got Antifa, but there's also an organization out there, uh, the the Boogaloo Boys. Yes. And they're far yeah, and they're far them. right. They're and, just as bad, but they're but, right. But 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 right. what this guy said and he was at the he was at the riots here at some of these places in Texas. He said the Boogaloo Boys were were marching alongside of these uh Black Lives Matter protesters and they said he heard them say this that if they shut down these protests, we will act. This will be a declaration of war on our part. And that's a far right organization. Yep. They're just wanting an excuse to shoot people. They're wanting an excuse to shoot people. Antifa's wanting to shoot uh, an excuse for society to crumble. So you've got these. You've got two factions on far extremes of of, of the political spectrum. And I'm telling you, there there's just a growing sense of unrest from both sides that act like they want this uh, this nation to crumble. There's an answer to that. Take them to the Burning Man, one on one side of the desert, one on the other side. Let them fight the fuck out. We can film it, make billions of dollars off of it. And when it's all over with last man standing, then we get to execute him and we're all done. <laughs> because we don't Well, need... I know that you're right. I know that doing what we're currently doing is not working. No. And so no matter what the solution is, people are going to be affected. Yeah. And until the people can, you know, everybody's going to have to give something. Okay. That's just the way it's going to be. No one's going to be 100% happy. But. If we don't do that, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You know, I'm amazed that we just lost a uh, in many uh, St. Paul yesterday, our state capital, a Christopher Columbus statue. Yeah, was desecrated. They tore it down right in the middle of the day, and um, it's like, what, what, what's our? What are we doing here? I see in Richmond, Virginia, they're tearing down Robert E. Lee's statue. What does that have to do with anything right now? You know, that was a time, a place, time in history, and you know what? Things, history is in the past. You can't change history. You try to learn from it, but to try to destroy history and wipe it out, where does that make anybody any better? I don't get any of that. I don't think there's anybody alive today that will tell you, and, and there probably is somewhere, but very few that would say, oh, slavery was good. There's nobody going to say that. Well, there's a lot of people, I think. No. You think there's a lot of people that think slavery was good? Anybody in the KKK? That's a very, very small, small. But there are people. There's more transgender people in bathrooms than there are KKK members. Probably. But there are people. Yeah, you I said, said nobody. Okay, but then I said there's probably a very few. But there's not much of that going on. But we want to keep bringing up the past slavery. We did this. We did that. We were horrible to black people. We lynched everything. They never bring up that million white men died to free to free them in the Civil War. That's never spoken. Oh. You never hear about a white. Union soldier who gave his life away to to fight to end slavery. That is never discussed at all. We just pick and choose. Slavery was horrible. The Civil War was a horrible time, but it's history. You know, there there's there's all kinds of You're history. Exactly right. They're wanting to take Winston Churchill well, shit down now in England because he was a racist. Well, I saw they that say. They, Abraham Lincoln's memorial, you know, in, in D.C. got desecrated. Yeah, yeah. It's like wait a second. There's the guy who fought more than anybody else and, and struggled to try to, you know, end slavery. And then you're going to wipe him out? What did he do wrong? I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I don't get. George Washington, 
Thomas Jefferson. I think the right. I think twelve the first twelve presidents all had slaves. That's the way life oh, was sure back did. then. That's that's the, that's right. that's that's how it was. I mean, you can't change the period of time. You can't go back and make people because right now the things we're doing, a hundred or two hundred years from now, are going to be completely off of what society thinks. So should we they erase everything that happened during our time? You know, a hundred years from well, now, when it's all said and done, history's recorded. Barack Obama or Donald Trump, one of them is going to be considered a treasonous person, and the other one's going to be considered a great person. And we have no idea a hundred years from now which one of them is going to be. <laughs> I guess it. Right. Whoever's writing the history Good books point. is going to get to figure that one. Well, out. no, but a hundred years from now, that's the way the people are going to look at it, and and right. because they're both polar opposite people, but one of them's be considered a great person, and one of them's going to be considered a bad person. Right now, Trump's a bad guy. Half the people, but half people love Trump. So who knows? Right. But a hundred years from now, well, it's going to be completely different. So if you supported one of those people, you know, are they going to take? Let's say Obama is considered a horrible person a hundred years from now. They're going to take his name off all the schools and shit. They should. No, they should. Well, it's history. Yeah, I, right. But they I, should again. But I mean, is I he going to have any schools? They got schools named after him right now, oh, all over know, the place. Yeah, it's a new trend in the big cities. Oh, I didn't know that. But but you can't you can't change it. it it's history. It's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we, we, exactly. we're we taking away history. We're letting people take over our streets. If you'd have told me in January that a group of thugs from Antifa would have six blocks locked down in Seattle with gunned armed guards and demanding all this stuff, I'd say, you've lost your fucking mind. We're going to go in there and we're going to blow the fuck out of them. <clears throat> but the state ain't because the state is all. I feel sorry. The biggest person I feel sorry for in this world is a red voter living in a blue state. That's right. got to be. It's got to be horrible. Any 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 Republican that li- or conservative that lives in Minneapolis, and there's a bunch of them. I feel sorry for them. Hey, so there were right. there were uh, this. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Cho- Chofin, Ch- Chofin. The the oh yeah yeah Chauvin. There were what well, he had a 19 year career and he had 18 uh, 18 complaints against him. Should something have been done sooner with this officer? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Um, any good cop, and by good cop, doesn't I'm not talking race. I'm talking people that you're out there in the front line making arrests, whether you're on a SWAT team, a drug task force, whatever. People file complaints against you. Mm-hmm. I had numerous p- complaints filed against me. My friends did. But 99% were unfounded because, again, most of them, most of them were verbal. You know, he swore at me. He did this. He did that. Some were, you know, excessive force complaints. But when they looked at everything they had at that time, witnesses and that, they go, no, he didn't do that. But it's easy for someone to file a complaint. I mean, it's so once they file a complaint against you, you have a complaint. It's maybe an absolute nothing. But you've you got 18 years with 17 complaints. That's actually, you know, it's not very many. Now, if they everyone was for excessive force and he had 17 complaints for excessive force, you probably have, you know, an issue there. I don't know what his list of complaints were. I haven't looked at that. But I knew some of the best cops I knew had complaints. And some of the other cops who never made an arrest, yeah, they didn't have so many complaints. You know, and that was the, the that's the, uh, in the police world, it's a lot like teaching. In the police world, if you go out and do your job, whether you write a citation, make an arrest, do a report, and you see some bad guys breaking into a car, you stop them and arrest them. You get paid the exact same as the guy who says, I don't see nothing. I'm just putting my shift in. I'll go to my calls, but I'm not doing nothing. They get mm-hmm. paid the same. 
Right. So, you know, it, it, right. And then the one guy, he probably doesn't have any complaints. But I tell you right now, the guy has no complaints. He's not on the front line. Sorry. Right. He's not out, you know, making the good arrest, doing all that. So, you know, that's the thing I heard they were going to say. Well, anybody that had a complaint, it's not going to work for Minneapolis police anymore. Really? <laughs> and you're going to have a bunch of, you know, jellyfish then. This Come here on. says of the 18 complaints, only two uh, resulted in a letter of reprimand. The 16 others had right. no repercussion at all. So, like you said, that could have been, exactly. that could have been, uh, you know, he, he, he was too aggressive in the way he talked to somebody on a traffic stop or something, and and that person put in a complaint. Absolutely, and that could be anything that he looked at me weird, or he didn't. You know what? He he hand put the handcuffs to. There's a million reasons you could get a complaint. Like I said, and any complaint that comes in is the you know the person who receives the complaint they deem it a valid complaint and will take it, and then it's on your back or you know forever. So you can't again media doesn't understand that if there was 17 complaints for like i said excessive force of which nine were founded and he had three different times he got time off okay right yeah then you got a really nice pattern right what he's got is just one a year which really isn't that many considering i mean we're human beings yeah. and in tense situations usually you say something stupid mm-hmm. because you're you know you're ticked off and you want to deal with it but again that can be you know, I had an English teacher, and she always told me, she said, statistics don't lie, but liars use statistics. And that's exactly true. You can you can manipulate that. 17, that could be the headline. 17 former complaints. Right. Really? Right. right you know? <laughs> so I tell people to beware of that. I also tell, you know, the other story we always used to talk about, I said, even the flattest pancake has two sides. <laughs> I mean, so there's two sides to and, and, and there is, there's always another side of the story. Granted, it might, you know, and the other thing that you've already talked about, but when you look at through a camera, cameras are awesome because what they're finding, usually what it does, it gets the cops off way more than it gets them further in trouble. Way more times they're going, thank God I had a camera there. But a camera's also, a, you know, one view. It's not a 360-degree view. It's one perception. You don't know what's going off in the peripheral on each side, what's going off behind you because it's a liquid environment and it's, it's moving around. So, it, yeah, I understand why they have them, but you can't put, you know, that one shot and that answers all your questions because it doesn't. The, um, the, the complaint deal is funny. I'm a judge in this little small town out here now, and I have been a long time. Right. I'll bet right. you, and seriously, one out of four people that come in to pay a speeding ticket complain, complain about, about the police officer. officer. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not exaggerating one bit. Now, it's not an official complaint, but they've right. all, they all, well, I don't like his attitude. He was rude to me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? And, right. And, well, were you speeding? Well, yeah, well, you know, maybe that's why you think he's mean because he wrote you a ticket. But one out of four people that right. get a ticket in a small town America that know ever, that most, I know most every one of them will complain about the police officer's attitude or will complain about him. He's got a, they, they'll have a complaint about him. Yeah. You know, he did this wrong. He did that wrong. Whatever just it's the same all the time so that's just the way people are but we have made we people are raising their kids to be anti-police officers now and it's not without a doubt what what, what's the end game in minneapolis do you think the is y'all's mayor going to grow a sack and try to do something or is no i I don't i don't think he will what i think is going to happen is again we just talked about it i think personally you know you the city council now says they have a veto proof um, vote that to disband, dis- defund the police department. Well, what they forget about is there's a thing called 
the charter of Minneapolis. And the charter is not associated with the city council. They dictate, the charter dictates um, how many police officers per residence. It's a mathematical formula. They also dictate that if, if anything is going to change, the charter has to be changed first. So no one's thought about any of that. But what I think will happen is obviously, you know, the, the police department's going to get a, a going over, which, you know, right or wrong, that's it, it probably needs to happen for a few people. But again, everybody will have to go through it. But I think that the um, true silent majority of Minneapolis is the million dollar corporation, billion dollar corporations, the million dollar homeowners, the hardworking taxpayers, everybody out there needs to come in and say, look, here's what's going to happen. You know, it, whether you're a target headquarters or say, you know what, if you don't have a police department, how can I have my national world headquarters in your town? Mm-hmm. And if I pull out, what is what does that do to your city? What does that do to all these, you know, what does that do to the tax that I pay? And that's, uh, for example, tax, Texas, you don't have a state income tax. You don't have you know, a lot of corporate taxes. If I have these companies, I'm going, hey, guess where I'm moving? I mean, I know a lot of cops that move to Texas because they don't have to get hammered on that 8% you know, tax every year of your income tax. It's a great state. And plus, Texas is welcoming businesses all the time. Yeah, there's so one think, from there coming you know, here. One of the one yeah, of the Minneapolis' yeah. businesses is coming to Texas. I just read it. They burned it up. I said, fuck it. We're moving right, to Texas. Right. Yeah, he just said, I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Right. And, and rightfully so. I mean, plus, you don't have 30 below down there. So it's not <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, but you don't get to go ice fishing either, buddy. Well, that's true, too. We've talked a lot about that on the show. And if it's not in a shanty, I don't think I want to do Yeah, it. I'm out unless it's in a shanty. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, but. You guys should come up for one of those hometown hero events. You would just love it, and you get to meet so many people. They're so passionate, you know, the hunting and fishing. I mean, you know, like I said, Jeff and I, we were doing a game fair when game fair was hardly just getting started. It just, you know, they canceled that this year. How much? Yeah, they sure did. They canceled our state fair this year, which is unheard of. Uh, we were going to yeah, game fair. Yeah, we were going to come to game fair this year. Oh, I know. And 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 what oh, happened? That's a big deal, boy. Yeah, I just. I know a lot of people. I feel sorry for the call makers. I feel sorry for all the people that, you know, because that was their little time to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, the different clothing groups and all that, and showing all the stuff. And, yeah, I know. They canceled uh, the World so, Calling Contest in Easton, Maryland this year also. Wow. Why? Unbelievable. I don't understand that. It's freaking, it's June. I don't understand why people are, I I, I don't know. I think the corona deal, if, if, if. 80% of Minneapolis ain't dead in three weeks, and we'll know damn well it's fake. Uh, or in every big city in America. Real quick, I saw this before I came in. I just got the headlines of it, and I didn't look at it. Supposedly, the Dallas City Council has got a deal to take guns away from all their police officers. What? That's got to be the deal. Yeah, I just, I just saw that one before I came in here. I haven't read it. I don't have a chance to, to do any kind of research if it's true or not, but I just saw that, that the, it, was a, it was a picture of the actual – paperwork from signed by their mayor and they've got a note i think they got a left-hand liberal little son bitch either also as a mayor said that they're gonna um take the gun who who wants to be a police officer and not have fucking back? i'm not doing that shit i'm not t- unless well, i have who a wants gun. to just be a police officer in general right right i think that it's the best profession to have in america right now and i'm proud of them and we support the blue and we're going to continue to and as a former mayor of a town, it was hard to hire a policeman in a small town. It's going to probably be easier to hire them in a small town now than a big town. But the amount of money it's going to take to hire police officers, police officers out there all are fixing to get a big raise. I think that the federal dollars are probably going to kick in to help supplement some of that. But, 
you know, uh, if Trump gets reelected, if Biden gets elected, we may not even have police officers anymore in this country. What all did you see change? What 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 year did you come on on the force? Well, you know, I came on in the late eighties, you know, and worked into the middle two thousands. What all? And what all did you see? How, you know, what did they well, take they, away from the, you? Well, you know, they they actually added. To, you know, I grew up in the police department world. We didn't have the taser. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have. No one had a cell phone, so the, the cameras and that. So it was everything was a written report. Um, what was amazing is that, you know, you took an oath as a police officer that when you wrote a report, you know, that's the way it was. I mean, that was your word that was, you had to testify against it. Well, now a lot of it is, you know, what did the camera say? You know, and if it wasn't on a camera, did it happen? And so now it's like, you're more of an, you know, they don't really believe you because, well, that's not what the camera said. So, Mm -hmm. well, and it's impossible. A lot of these, they want you to write the report. You're not allowed to even look at your camera. They want you to write the report. And then if the camera shows something different, well, then you've, you know, you've altered your situation. Well, what's true, what you wrote or what happened. So that just, you know, the beating down of that. I mean, I, I think police officers take a million times more abuse than we ever took. I mean, you know, someone, you've seen some of the videos of protesters. I saw a guy that was vaping. And he's blowing the smoke right in this officer's guarding one of the state buildings. And it's like, mm. you know, 25 years ago, he wouldn't have done that. Right. He you know, got a billy club upside his head. Right. Well, he would have been drug out and he would have arrested. Same thing with the, you know, just if you got a gun and they're up there just screaming, spitting at you. No, you're not going to get that. I have a right to be two foot away from you. If you want to scream, knock yourself out. But you're not going to go nose to nose with me. Mm-hmm. So I see... And then especially the cops, you know, that trained me, that went through the 60 riots, just the amount of hands-off that is now accepted. And again, so that's been more and more and more hands-off. So when someone does, you know, you got to remember, these people that they have excessive force, they're fighting. They may be trying to take your gun. They may be trying to choke you out. Well, guess what? You have to fight back. And if they film that and they say, now you can't do that, well, then we've lost everything. Then you might as well send a social worker because <laughs> I don't know who's going to stop who. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, so. if, if you strip these officers of, of their right to defend themselves in these dangerous situations, then, I mean, you're, you're right. You might as well just send an unarmed civilian and have him. Best of luck to you. Go figure this out. You got well, a, right. you got a crazy right. guy on methamphetamine that's just going ballistic I, with a machete. Go Go calm him down. Well, like Jeff just said, too, I don't know how you recruit young men and women from all races to do the job because they're smart to look and go, why would I want to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's just... You it's, know, why would I want to do that? Yeah, so I, th- there's some enormous challenges. It's going to get, you know, we, we, three of us could very well talk in six months that it's way worse. I mean, yeah. easy. You can see that with this election coming up. You may see some, I have a feeling we're going to see some stuff and. September, October, that you're going to go. Oh my gosh! I think you're right. I mean, oh. Yeah, you could. I think so. You could see inner cities burn. You know, I saw a thing. The thing that frustrated me the most. One of the things. It was a flyer in a mailbox, and it was in a ring suburb of a city. And I, I don't remember what city, but it was from uh, three groups. It was like an Antifa, Black Lives Matter, saying that look, we've done some homework, and this neighborhood here, the average salary is. At the in the home is between one hundred and forty nine and one hundred and eighty nine thousand, and so now you are officially targeted. If you don't 
as a community, contribute to the Black Lives Matter, to da-da-da, we are coming to burn your community down to the ground. Hmm. So they're blackmailing, you know, again, these, so it's like, I, you know, at some point, these people who think, oh, it's just the inner city, it's right. just the slum, it's just, it's coming. And when you look at some of these cities, again, the outer rings that do have the gated communities and they have all that, hey, these guys will tear your gates down. And when that happens, then you might start seeing some change. I think that because uh, right now it's still insulated. That when 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 the homeowners finally stand up and mow down a bunch of people, which is going to happen if they start burning down neighborhoods, then you're either going to see it ramp up a whole lot or end completely. I mean, that's, oh, I, I, well, again, that's the that's what we just talked about in the last hour. Is at what point do people have had enough? It's just like the bully in the playground. Right. He goes out and beats up people, beats up people, beats someday he beats up somebody that went, No, you're not gonna beat me up. And today you're gonna get beat up. And then things are gonna start changing. But you know, until that point comes that I no idea and it's gonna be an individual call for everybody, but somebody's just gonna have enough and it's like wow. And then when that does happen then more people will have enough. And then there's going to be a movement the other way, and then, like you said, it's either going to be over or it's going to be World War Three. I don't know. Um, that playbook of the Black Lives Matter Antifa, whoever that's that's old Jesse Jackson Al Sharpton playbook. We're either going you're either going to oh. donate to the Rainbow Coalition, or we're going to pick at your business. So Coca Cola said, "Oh, hold on, here's a half million right. dollars. Okay, y'all aren't racist right. now because you wrote us a check. It's the biggest bunch right. of shit there is. I'm going to tell oh, you I what, know. guys. That anybody that makes a living off of stirring up race and causing these problems like Al like Al Sharpton to get up there and do that first of all who did you sell out to have Al Sharpton Al Sharpton never met that guy why is he the re- he's not even a freaking reverend he's a damn pimp <laughs> I mean shit the fucker he's a, he causes more problems and they bring him in as the stand, as the minister you know it's all about getting him paid and anything Al Sharpton touches turns to shit everything anything he gets involved with turns into a shit show he, he, he's right. and and I just I don't it's just so frustrating because and we're not even dealing with this shit we're lucky we don't we don't have to deal with any of this stuff like everybody else does and I feel sorry for people right. like you that have done it and there you have got to have tons of friends their whole world has been turned upside down by this I saw actually I saw some older guys that I worked with that were in tears when they talk about their precinct I also know for a fact had Somebody said, hey, a bunch of you retired cops, you want to come in and hold the precinct that 500 of us would have drove in, and that would have been our Alamo, and it would still be just perfectly standing today. You know, and if they would have wanted, yeah, it's a call to arms. I mean, you're a frustrated warrior when you get out of the business and you see the stuff, and you see the police officer getting pushed down or a brick hitting him in the head or the guy vaping into his face. It's like, are you kidding me? And so that's, you know... One of the reasons that some of us got to go back, and albeit it was you know more of a security detail, but at least we're doing something. And I'm telling you, had they called, we all would have responded and said, "Yeah, sure, we'll be right there. I'm on my way. Give me twenty, you know, give me an hour, and I'll be at the precinct and let them try to come in with all of us." Because, you, you know, do yeah. you worry about your son in this profession? Yeah, I, well, I, what I worry about him is in that, you know. Being military, being trained, I mean, these guys are trained well. What I worry about them, though, is what are you going to do for 25 years? What are you going to do every morning when you get up and put your feet on the floor and get dressed? I used to love 
you know, I love being a cop because I knew that, you know, I believed in my little world. I made a difference. I got to be canine officer for nine years, work with a dog. But I looked forward to every day because I knew that, you know, if something happened, someone had my back and, you know, I was not going to be a knucklehead. I worry about these guys now that there's so much pressure on everything you do is going to be watched. It's like at some point, where's your burnout? Where do you go? You know what? I don't need to do this. And then these are the good people. I mean, in um, northern Minnesota, there was a community um, that hired police officers. And it's a town of, like, say, 30,000. And on every given year, they'd have, when they'd have an officer, they'd have six, seven, eight hundred applications. Because it's in northern Minnesota. It's in the lakes area. Beautiful. It's six, seven hundred. Now they run an application. They get 12 app people want to apply. 14. Wow. You know, 18. And they look at the applications, and it's like, uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, it's people that perpetually get, <laughs> you know, don't get picked because they, they shouldn't be a cop anyway. So, and that was a year ago. What's it going to be like now? Right. You know, it, 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 if, if, if the administration doesn't have your back, if your chief doesn't have your back, um, you know, half your, if you're with, it, mixed up with social workers and, and people that don't understand, yeah, we're going to tell you how to do your job. Uh, you you have a partner. You look at each other. And it's like, but how do you do that for twenty five years? And that's what I worry about. You know, for my son or for my his friends and those friends is that I don't know how you can keep your mind in the game because someone out there is plotting to kill you anyway. And if you become complacent, well, then your time is up, and then no one really cares anyway. Yeah, that's what's so scary is that uh, taking, you know, taking just putting everything under a microscope that these officers do. You know, there's going to come a time where an officer's going to second guess what he's about to do, and he's going to lose his life, and that's what's scary, because they, you know, everything. If 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 we've got any any show of force by these officers, you know, it's going to get reviewed, and then the video is going to get pulled, and you know, God forbid you do something wrong, and there's going to be an, an an instant where an officer should have acted but didn't because he was afraid of the repercussions and something bad's going to oh, happen. Oh, without a doubt. It's probably already happened a, a bunch. Oh, sure. It happens. And it's, you know, it's the profession. We always talk about it. But something that happens in an eighth of a second, a quarter second, or a half second can be reviewed by microscopes for 10 years, eight years, six yeah. years before the trial comes out. And it's, you know, sometimes you were just trying to figure out how to stay alive in that second. You made a choice and, you know, defend yourself or put your hands on somebody. They have months to, to review everything you do. One of the things now that I'm hearing in the Twin Cities area that Antifa and Antifa-like people have got a hold of different police officers' uh, credit information and oh. put their entire credit history up on the Internet. Everything they own, everything, their, their payments, what vehicles, where they live, everything. from just up there. And, it's, of course, you know, I mean, how do you prosecute someone because it's all, you know, smoke and mirrors and ghosts that are doing it. But you imagine that? That's, for the whole world to see exactly that, where you are financially. That's more of that George Soros money. I don't know why they don't take his. Oh, I know, I know. It's, but it's scary stuff, man. How do you? What do you? How do you fight that? Well, Holy crap! I I don't know what the end game is even for the for Soros and them. I don't. I don't. You've got utopia in the United States of America that pays the world's bills. I mean, everything in the world is go, goes through the United States. If you have whatever product you make, whatever the United States is the is the end game for everybody. But why would you want to ruin that and make us a shithole like the other places? I mean, fuck, there's nothing to gain by that. I, I just don't. And, and the other problem is, is we're Americans. We're different than everybody else, you know? We're not 
we're not like the Swedes. We're not going to sit around and just, you know, dip fondue or whatever they do over there and, and, and go skiing and bullshit and pay 50% in taxes and be happy. We're different than that. And those places over there, I get so sick and tired of here. Well, they don't have a big military budget. No, because they know if something happens to them, the United States of America is going to cover their ass. Right. Uh, we need, we, I, it's just a really trying time, and it's interesting. It's going to be whatever place back, we're, we, and we're going to be one of the bigger parts of history right now, the time we're living in right now, for a time without a big war or something. Because all other big times in history, it was war. And, and, and this is going to be an inner war. This could be the startings of one. It, it, it could be the working people versus the, the, yeah, I, don't the I don't know. It, it, it's it's not looking good, but Kurt, I appreciate you being on here, and you're a true Minneapolis man. You named your uh, son after Kirby Puckett. Yeah, that's my oldest boy, Kirby. He's the attorney, and then the other boy is Andrew, and then Paul and I have two. We have a daughter, Juliana, 17, and a boy, 14. So, you know, we're just looking forward to when the fall it gets a little crowded. Crops come off the fields, and hopefully someday you and I can sit in a blind and shoot the shit. I'd really enjoy it. Well, you come down here anytime, and me and Michelle usually make a trek up north somewhere in the fall, but this year everything's on hold trying to see what, what all is going to be happening. But if we get close, we will definitely stop by. But I would like to sure I'd like to have you come down and see us this, this winter and come hang out with me. And we'll do that. And you have a place to stay anytime and get away from it all, and we'd enjoy you. And sure nice to talk to both of you guys. And uh, got a lot of listeners up here. A lot of listeners, so we appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it. You have a good day, and God Bye. bless you, buddy. You, Stay Bye. safe. Bye. Really nice guy. Yeah, he is. I mean, I couldn't imagine coming on in the late 80s and seeing what the police is now. De Blasio's wife. <clears throat> I saw her, goofy bitch. Police, cop-free New York City would be like Nirvana. Yeah, for the dro- for drug dealers for the, and the gangs. And the rich people. No, it wouldn't even be for the rich people. You, You're a Batman fan. Bruce Wayne lives a good life, but he has to have be Batman to survive. <laughs> All that other chaos and shit. That's this is what this is like. One of them fucking Joker movies or some shit. Maybe not in New York City, but like if you're rich in L.A., you you're so far from that shit. And I've never been to L.A., but I've heard it so spread out. It, Those it, people it, don't live close to this shit. New York City, yeah, you're on top a, of one another, and I could see yes. where uh, you know if if if. If they live in a cop-free society for three years, it's going to be hell for everybody on that fucking island. Probably within the L.A., eh, you're kind of spread out enough. <clears throat> within 100 miles of New York City, you probably have 15 to 20% of the United States population, I bet. Yeah. Or close. I, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's a lot. I mean, um, it, it, it would be hard if you're living on the top floor of an apartment to be safe. You can get out west and, you know, you got your gates and all that other bullshit. Even in so, L.A., most of the people... Or it's a very spread out area. <clears throat> I, That's I, what I mean. When I meant the wealthy, the people that have these big gated communities, you know, if you're wealthy in New York City, you probably live, Howard Stern lives in a fucking apartment. Yeah. and you He's to, not going to stay safe for very no, long. No, not at all. That's why he's moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to. But I, I don't, if if this this anti-cop deal comes down, it'd be the inner cities will burn up. That yeah. will. It, it's going to be horrible. And for anybody to think that that is what we need to do has lost their fucking mind. I tell you what sucks is all this shit's going to happen in big cities and so places like here, we're going to get a big growth. There's going to be people start moving businesses to small towns. Maybe not Knox City, but right. all over. Just because we got, you know, I can go outside and take a piss in my backyard at night Just nighttime. leave your politics wherever you fucking come from. Don't yeah. bring your, if you're. If you come here, you're you, going to get you chastised came here, if you're You came liberal. here for a reason. Don't bring the bullshit that didn't work yeah. with you. We got three liberals in Knox City. <laughs> One of them lives two doors down from me. 
got his homemade uh, Biden sign and democracy. Yeah. And uh, so I'm getting my Trump signs. I'm ordering them today. If you're a um, if you're a liberal in Knox City, there's a fine line between welfare and trust funds, and that's what the that's what the liberals I know are. They're either trust funds or living off of grandpa's money, or they're uh, living off of welfare, basically. It's just, I mean, I just don't know what. I got small kids. Zach and his wife just had a little baby yesterday. I just don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be a whole lot different than it is now, unless people start standing up, and we don't have the we do not have the fortitude to do that. The rubber, I think the rubber band will snap back. I mean, you you you've seen this inching to the left, and Kurt's right. There's there's going to be something that happens, and it'll all come back. But but what's going to make the Trump young, was the rubber band snapping back from eight years of Obama? Right. But what's the young? What what? Who is teaching the young people about America and how you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be proud to be an American and you should stand up for the flag? And you should say the Pledge of Allegiance. Who's going to teach that now? They can't teach it at school or nowhere. I mean, so, and, and, and most of the people your age, and, and it's different because you grew up in a small town, and most of the kids you grew up with are about the same as you are, like-minded. But the people in the big cities, they, they're afraid to stand up and say nothing. Well, they don't have the numbers in the big city. It's a silent majority, and they're afraid that they don't have the numbers. But are they really there going to teach? Are they teaching their kids at home to be a silent majority? Or are they teaching them to go along with other? Because I had a girl right on Facebook. To, she told me she lives in California. She grew up with me. And she told me, she goes, Jeff, she goes, I agree with you 100%. She goes, it breaks my heart. She goes, my kids and me, we get into these big drunk down drag outs. And I have to tell them this is what they're feeding you and telling you and your friends. That's not life. Right. But they're, that, that's in, and, and another girl that I went to school with lives in Michigan. And she had to sit down and talk to her kids and had to, she goes, I had to print up papers. And show them facts of when, you know, because they're like, oh, cops are just shooting innocent black people <laughs> left and right. No, they're not, you know? Yes. I, I heard a guy, uh, Larry Elders. Yes. He said uh, black men being shot by white officers is down 70%. Since Trump's been in office? No, or just, just overall. Just overall. What's the other black guy that or he argues with yesterday? But they're on the same side. I don't. I don't know. One of them used to be a liberal, and because now he's turning he, into a conservative. He went on. Uh, he went on the Rubin Report. Another. He's kind of liberal. He's he, Dave Rubin's fairly level-headed, but he would identify as more liberal. And he brought this. Uh, and I think it's an older show. Um, and Larry Elder's just like debunked everything that he had to say. Yeah, I saw homicides. Uh, blacks being shot by officers down seventy percent. Um, it's easier for uh, uh, a minority to get a college scholarship because he's a minority. That's a fact. And it's easier uh, apartment applications. You know, he said just everything is tailored for for uh, these people to prosper. I'm telling you right now, if I was going to go back to school, I would write African American down. Proved I'm not. You know, fuck. How you gonna prove it? <laughs> With I mean, <laughs> I mean, you gonna make me take a fucking uh, genealogy test or some shit? Right. I want my scholarship, but. Yeah, I saw he was on Hannity last night, and I was, was kind of I kind of listened to him for a little bit. We uh, we we got a lot of battles coming on in our country. We got to stand up. We got the people who need to stand up and vote and go do you know what they've got to do. Um, you made me think of something I was going to talk about when you talk about that a uh, guy, and I can't remember what the hell it was. We need we need some black celebrities and famous businessmen sport stand up and say hey you know I, I i've had racism in my life i've dealt with but you did you got kanye but but i got but i had the oppor- nobody's talking about kanye no but i also had the opportunity to do this because i'm an american and if it wasn't for this great country we live in i wouldn't have this you know like lebron he's got 500 million dollars and he's always bitching about something you know 
yeah, there are some bad things going on in this country, but there are also a lot of good. If this was such a bad place, you wouldn't make, have $500 million, you know? And life's not fair to everybody. I mean, it's not. But if you're a young person in our country and you use your brain and you go get some education, you can do anything you want to do, anything. I mean, I grew up poor, and I've not, I'm not rich by any means, but I've had a damn good life. I live a good life, you know? And a lot of it's by choices. I'm not a whole lot wealthier because of some dumb shit I've done in my life. <laughs> You know, but everybody has the same opportunities and we've got to get past. We're, we're, we're going way from one side to the other side now in this anti-racist stuff. Everybody has dealt with racism in their life. Every person has. I don't give a shit who you are. Everybody has dealt with it. It's life. It's human nature. Now, is it right or wrong? I, some, some, it's not right, but, you know, not all of it is just so bad. But sometimes I've, you know. I went to a black barbershop and got a haircut one time, and they looked at me like I was fucking doing But after I was in there 15 minutes, I was laughing with them and had a good time. But I went in there because I wanted, I enjoyed the company. It mm-hmm. was funny. I enjoy, I enjoy it. I like the cutting up. I like everything about it. You know? Fuck, my dad was in a band with 10 black guys. Yeah. You know? Just him. I don't, but, but we all deal with something in our lifetime that's not, that's, everything's not gravy. Boy, MTV is cutting ties with almost everybody. They're they cut going ties back, with me years ago. They're going back like eight years on these on these people that make up their shows, their Twitters, mm-hmm. canceling them, cutting them. Will not be on MTV anymore. Most of these people are fucking in their mid twenties. You go back eight years, you're talking about somebody that's sixteen years old with a Twitter account spouting off dumb shit. Like you're gonna have a hard time finding anybody to come on your fucking channel if you're gonna go back eight, ten years in their life. Is is TV supposed to make a profit by having people watch it? Ratings? Yeah. That's what I thought, too. And they're so, woke, though. They're woke. Well, they can wake their ass up all they want to, but they're, they're going to... They're gonna, Too woke, almost. Somebody is going to come out with a conservative TV channel. Don't know what the fuck it's going to be called, but it's going to happen eventually, and they're going to put shows like Live PD on, and they're going to have people on the shows that have have made some comment somewhere down the road that maybe wasn't politically correct now, but it was at the time. I watched King of Queens the other day, and they said gay and fag. Yeah, oh I yeah. Mean, well, that, that wasn't that long ago. Oh, yeah. But, but are they going to take all them off now? <laughs> so what are we going to fucking watch? The Andy Griffith? There ain't, no black, Griffith? there ain't no black people on it, though. They'll have to take it off. <sighs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. We've gotten so far to one side now, but we need someone to come out with something, whether it's YouTube you know, they fucking censor shit, and, and so do all these other things. Something that where regular people can have their stuff on. And there's so many of us that it would be popular, and they would make money. These these places that are getting so politically correct are forgetting about their regular guy out there. Do it, Jeff. I don't have the money to start a TV station. But it's, Pitch the idea to... I think that's your problem, is the people with money... Are all chicken shits, or no, they're, they're, they're corporations. Or they're liberals. Most of these big things are corporations. But like the Grind TV or one of them hunting TV that's already there, yeah. them fuckers ought to be picking up a live PD. That's what I would do. I would you be mean like on an the outdoor f- channel. Fuck yeah, I'd be on their phone right now today with that. They own- can't afford that. Those hunt those hunting channels don't make any money. Nobody watches that shit. Bingo. Why would you want to pick up Live PD, the number one show in America? They can't afford to pick up pick it up. Why? There, it's not even on the air right now. Maybe yeah, they can. But I'm sure that the I'm sure that Live PD is. Number one, I'm sure that they're just kind of bunkering down, hoping that this shitstorm blows over, and in six months they're back on A and E. Maybe, but but I don't think that these places have the capital to go 
purchase Live PD. No, but there's lots of very wealthy people out there that would that would invest in something like that because that would be an automatic opener to make your TV channel popular. Paramount, Paramount, mm-hmm. they've got this show with Kevin Costner that's really good coming out in two weeks. What, what's Yellowstone. Uh, Yellowstone? Best show, best best series on TV right now. The only one I watch. Yeah, great great series. Other than that, what the fuck does Paramount have? I don't even know who owns Paramount. It might be owned by MGM or somebody. I think it is. But but it's it it has that show on, and they took off Cops, which was a chicken shit deal. Thirty three fucking years. But I don't watch Cops ever anymore. I, I watch either. Live PD. But but Live PD is the number one show. One of them channels that's not owned by a big conglomerate. If they would pick up that Live PD, well, look at Tim Allen's show. It got dropped by ABC, and it got fucking picked up quick. Uh, Paramount is a subsidiary of Viacom. Okay, well, fuck. See, that's all. That's CBS. TV, CBS. Yeah, so fuck them. But if you look at uh, uh, the the show with uh, what's Tim Allen show? I just said it. Uh, Last man. Last standing. man standing got dropped because he was anti Obama. Mm-hmm. So they dropped him. Well, somebody else picked him up. It's it's the only comedy show on. If I was going to watch TV, that I would watch. You know. And, and and so somebody out there that has one of these hunting shows or something, go call a call. See what's going to cost to invest and get some investors in it. You, it. It would be a good thing for them. It would automatically make their channel watchable, where yeah, people would want to watch it. You'd have to, I don't know. You'd have to go through a rebranding because I mean the outdoor channel is not going to pick up live PD. They're going to be called something else because they're not outdoors. Because you have that fucker. They would have to be called uh, a lot more people watch it now. Or you'd have to rename because just like this, like. You know, we're a, a outdoor podcast, and when we don't talk about outdoor shit, or in the early days, we caught a lot of shit. We don't know more, though. We don't anymore. And our numbers are growing like crazy since we I been. understand. But if you're the outdoor channel and you go to Live PD and say, hey, we want you, you're going to have to completely retool your, your channel because you're no longer the outdoor channel. And by God, I did not tune in to see Live PD on the outdoor channel. But there would be more people tune in to see Live PD than are watching Elk Hunt or whatever they have. I don't watch hunting shows. It's hunting against the outdoor channel. I don't watch any hunting shows at all. So it's just not my cup of tea. And it's kind of like the guy that will complain and send us a letter. I used to really listen to your podcast all the time, but I don't want to hear about football, and I don't want to hear about politics, and I don't want to hear about this and that. I just want to talk waterfowl hunting. You know what? We can't do three fucking waterfowl shows. What the fuck would we talk about? Three shows a week on waterfowl. We would have ran out of shows a year or two ago. <laughs> I mean, you can only talk about flagging, calling, so and so and so. I mean, it's. And well, we still do a lot of water. We still we do. do a lot of hunting. But stuff. we don't just do just that because there's only so much you can talk about. I'd blow my fucking brain down. It, there has to be more things to talk about. And people have told, we get that all the time. I'm glad y'all do other stuff because I can only talk waterfowl so much. Well, and I mean. It, um. There are podcasts out there that just do waterfowl. They're out there, you can knock yourself out. And uh, they're, they're, I'm not going to say anything bad, but I couldn't just do straight waterfowl. Um, but that's what, that's what the Outdoor Channel would have to go through. Well, they'd have to go through a retooling. Well, I think it would be a good move on their part. I what about I was, that OANN? I've never watched it. I, I don't know either. I, I can't. I, I but can't. it's a conservative channel. Is it like Fox News? It's just the news and stuff? I don't have a clue. I've never watched it. They should parlay that into a conservative TV show company. There are two waterfowl shows I watch when I see them. I don't look for them, but every once in a while, and that's it. And there's two of them that I watch. I'm not going to say their names because I don't know if I'm allowed to even talk about them. But, but anyways, there, there's two waterfowl shows that I really do kind of enjoy because it don't. It ain't someone trying to tell you how to do shit. They just show the hunt. That's what I want to see is the hunt. 
I want to see the guy shoot shit. I want to see him put their decoys out. I want to see him hunting. I don't want to. And I and you know what drives me nuts about outdoor channels is fucking commercial every five minutes. Well, yeah, it's because they can't pay the bills any uh, other way, Jeff. They're they, broke. They wear me out. Those 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 hunting shows don't make any fucking money. No, they don't. They don't make any money, so they got to have a, a thirty minute show with twenty minutes of commercials. And that wears me out. Um, I don't know what I was going to talk about earlier. Joe Biden, real quick. Joe Biden, if you if you were running for president right now and you had to pick someone to be your candidate and you were going to run against Trump and racism, and that's basically all they got on Trump is they want to claim a racist and he's not. Other than that, they can't, they can't say shit about him because everything's been good until the corona hit. Joe Biden is the last fucker you'd want to have running for you and talk about racism. Have you seen all the fucking clips? I don't understand why his clips from his past don't count. Right. He's the most racist son of a bitch in the world. They're going to put you in chains again. I saw him yesterday. They had a video of him talking in front of the Senate about when he was trying to pass his crime bill. You don't need them people on you. I don't want my wife going to town because them people, they'll do this and that. I'm thinking, this is the shit right now. Trump will get a hold of it. Oh, it's going to be. It's, it was on Fox News last night. That's where I saw it at. But only it, Fox News will air that. Right, but... Trump's got a little game, though, he can play. He can take them TV screens and put them up at his press conference they mm -hmm. show, and he can show those clips if he wants to. And yeah. they'll say, well, he's campaigning. Who gives a fuck? Of course he's campaigning. He's taking he's to win. A, he's got an election yeah. in five months. But, Who wouldn't be campaigning? But I saw, campaigning. I saw Biden saying that shit, and I thought, there is no way in the times we're going through right now, that's your picket for a Democrat. And that's why the black people don't want to vote for him, a lot of them. When's the convention? Uh, in August, I think. Is the Democrats even going to have a convention? Uh... I don't know. I know the Republicans are going to move theirs to. Are they moving theirs to Florida or Texas? Uh, I don't think that they've said. I just know North Carolina. <coughs> North Carolina said they will not be uh, originally scheduled uh, July 13th through the 16th. The convention was postponed to August 17th to 20 to the 20th. They don't say where it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, it's scheduled for Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No, that's the Democratic one. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, I knew that because they're mad about that because they said Milwaukee's a racist town. That's the, so there's a lot of blacks complaining about that. That's what I'm saying. Where Where's just going to have a place for just black people? Africa? You're going to go to Somalia and do the thing? You can't do that. I mean. The Republican National Convention will be held August 24th to the 27th. Uh, contractually to be held in Charlotte. Yeah, it's not going to be there. While it's unspecified where it will be next. But anyways, Joe Biden, it's funny. When I saw them clips, I thought, this is the guy y'all are going to have run. And y'all are going to use racism. Trump can reverse everybody. Joe Biden, have you ever dated a black woman? I have. When yeah. would you release that? Because you don't want to. Oh, October 15th. You think so? The last but, month. But, I mean, you, you kind of want to strike when the iron is hot, but you don't want to wait too long because, you know, who knows if any of this shit's still going on in October. I happen to think that it that uh, we're going to see some level of unrest. I wouldn't do it. Through the summer and fall. I would wait till after their convention. You would? Yes. I want them to make Joe Biden officially their make candidate. Make him the king ding Oh, fuck yeah. And then after that, I'd drop the fucking load on his ass. Right. Every fucking day. All the shit he's done and said and China and everything else. But the thing is, in the black community, those people are catching on to him. Just oh, like sure. King Charlemagne. Who the fuck calls himself King Charlemagne or whatever that guy's name is? Charlemagne the King or whatever. Them people like that, they're not so they're not sold on him. I saw I, two black guys yesterday on TV saying, I'm not voting for him. <sighs> I mean, and that's what I'm saying, and that's their whole deal. But, you know, what's funny is they're, they're pandering just to the black vote. That's only 13% of the vote. Right. And Trump's numbers in the Hispanic deal, the border's been a forgotten deal. Mm -hmm. And his Hispanic vote is increasing because they're workers. And I think his black vote is increasing it, also. It, big time. And so they're fucked, and they know it. And that's why they're trying to do all this shit. 
And did you love fucking uh, Nancy Pelosi wearing her dashiki shit the other day? Mm-hmm. They get on to Trump for taking a, a photo op with a Bible. Right. And then they kneel for eight and a half minutes. And Did you see them trying to get her ass up? <laughs> no. <laughs> she couldn't get I've, up. They just make them help her get up. I have not watched the news in over a week. I've just seen clips on Facebook I've seen shit. Facebook. I've seen her kneeling, but I've, I've not. she couldn't get <laughs> up. Just fuck no ladies having to pick her up and shit. <laughs> they showed a lady having to walk her out. She's drunk, I guess, left Senate hearing the other day. She's stumbling all over the place. But then uh, there was another lady behind her. She was fucking on her phone texting while she was kneeling, and it showed oh her a video. Oh, my goodness. I thought, yeah, you're really woke right there. I saw that in church the other day. Last Sunday. We finally started going back into the sanctuary. A lady was texting in church? On Facebook. Even worse. Oh, that's horrible. Scrolling up and down on Facebook. In the middle of the sermon. Is this the new preacher talking? Huh? Was this your new preacher ch- preaching? No, 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 no. We don't get him for another couple oh. of weeks. Who was preaching? The guy that we got. Oh, she must not find him very interesting. I couldn't believe it. Looked over. And like, you know, you, you, can, you can recognize that, uh, that Facebook home screen from a long way off. She's reading her stories. We had a lady in, our, in church last time we were there, which has been a long time ago, was on, on her phone. And I told Michelle, I said, look at that shit right there. Some fixing to say something. Don't you dare say nothing, Jeff. I said, it's bullshit. You don't come to church and get on your damn phone. Leave it in the car. It's just an hour out of your day. Listen to this. So anyways, I'm, I'm fuming. I'm going to say something to her because she's kind of a loudmouth lady anyways. She's always kind of butts in on shit. I thought, I'm going to put her in her place. Mm-hmm. And we went up to take, take wine and crackers. Was walking in line, looked down. She was. She had the Bible on her phone, and she was using ah, it to do it. I'm thinking, shit. boy, I'm glad I didn't no say nothing. Shit. <laughs> God stepped in on me. Thank goodness, boy. You would have. <laughs> I would have looked like a dumbass. She'd have fucking turned that phone around to you and showing you the Bible, and oof. She's right. Oof. That would have been bad deal. Nancy Pelosi's eighty, and she looks it. I don't think so. I think she looks. No, really she's, good she's for, 80. for an eighty year old lady. She's, she's a good pickled lady. very nicely. Yeah, her she's insides. She's got a good doctor. She got she got a big old set of fake cans too. That's what's funny during all these. You know, there's no hair salons open, but you don't see any of her fucking roots, and you can't tell me that at 80 years old. I guess she's gonna start falling out. Unless it's a wig. It may be. Nah, you wouldn't have a wig that looked that old lady fashion. She'd be she'd have something a little hotter looking. <laughs> if she's doing, she'd have dreads or some shit. Back up. Matter of fact, if she come out with corn rolls next week to supro- su- <laughs> show me her support for black people, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what's embarrassing to me about for black people right now is all these companies. We we support our black customer. Well, fuck, why wouldn't you? I mean, they're spending money with you, and you know, are you now you're pandering to them? Just mm, 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 mm. we support our black customers too. Absolutely, we treat them just like we do everyone else around here, like shit. <laughs> no, we treat everybody the same here. Anyways, that's really I guess we got enough going on right now. We got new shirts going to be coming out on the Big Honker Podcast page. Uh, if you're not a member of the Big Honker Podcast page, go to it. We got a fi- private group on Facebook. Two answers. If you can't figure out how to have two answers, don't ask to be in the damn thing. Drives me nuts. People all the time. Well, I tried to get in your podcast page and lock me out. No, you answer two freaking questions. Answer them. Become a member of the podcast page. We got a new shirt coming out. Uh, thank y'all for listening. If you and explain, if you buy a shirt, we've oh, also got oh, a waffle. Yes, 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 yes. If you buy a shirt, your name automatically gets put into a drawing to be put on the waffle. To win a three-man hunt here, uh, coast to coast wa- east. I do this every time. Coast, coast to coast, coast waffles, waffles, waffle raffle is giving away a you by chance to win a three-day hunt here for four guys. They're giving two of them away, two four-man three-day hunts. And when you buy this shirt, you're buying a chance into that. So you, we're going to draw for that. If we sell three shirts or we sell 150 shirts this week in t- within ten days, we're going to draw and we'll put a name up on that. 
Anyways, I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you. God bless you. And have a great, wonderful weekend. Have Lee Chose on with us next week on Monday, right? Yes. Boss is releasing their new uh, website on Tuesday. So we'll have Lee on Monday. Monday. So then you so can jump on over to Hot. Jump on over to Boss and see what they got going on. Bye, folks. <laughs>